The Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Our reading for this morning is found in St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians in the 15th chapter, starting at the 50th verse. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable, perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on the immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on the immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, with the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts, be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, here we are again at another Easter, and indeed, what an unusual Easter this is. But a hopeful Easter nonetheless, because Jesus has risen from the grave victorious. It's sad that we cannot celebrate together wherever we may have worshipped together. And I know that there's a lot of fear and anxiety in the midst of the unknown. When will things get back to normal? And there might be even a greater sense of fear facing us. And, and, and a question that would come out of that is, what will normal even look like? Through all of our anxieties during this unusual pandemic, we can hope in the resurrection. You know, one of my favorite holidays in the Christian calendar is Easter. I love the celebration that takes place at the end of the 40 days of a somber Lent and the five days of Holy Week, culminating in Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday. On Friday, we witnessed our Lord dead on a tree. And now on this glorious morning, we witness our victorious Christ. And one of my favorite hymns belongs at Easter. Thine be the glory, which as the chorus goes, Thine be the glory, risen, conquering sun. Thine be the glory, risen, conquering sun. Endless is the victory, thou o'er death has won. And one of my favorite pieces of art belongs at Easter. The conquering lamb standing over the grave with the flag of victory. And finally, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible belongs at Easter. 1 Corinthians 15. It is an absolute masterpiece and it brings great hope to each and every Christian. 1 Corinthians 15 is a cornerstone passage for the necessity of the resurrection. 
the resurrection is essential for the authenticity of the gospel and ultimately for the hope of the believer. We would not be celebrating Easter if, if the women who went to the tomb found what they were presuming to find was not there. We would not be celebrating if Christ had not left that tomb alive. And we would all be frauds. In verse 14, Paul writes, And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. Even more, in verse 17, he says, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. But in fact, Paul uh, notes in verse 20, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all shall be made alive. So, what is the significance of the resurrection for the Christian? In verse 50, Paul states, I tell you, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Put differently, the resurrection is the pattern for every believer. The resurrection is essential for our hope and for our destiny as believers. This week, in light of the pandemic, and with Easter this weekend, I've been reading N.T. Wright's phenomenal work, his book called Surprised by Hope. I, I would argue that it's probably one of his probably one of his most famous works. And there's a reason for that, and, and it's shown in the title even. Surprised by Hope, he contends that heaven after death is not the final stop for the Christian, though that is a reality for the Christian. The final destiny for the Christian is the resurrection from the dead, the personal resurrection for each believer. Behold, Paul declares in verse 15, I tell you a mystery, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall all be changed. In addition, this perishable body must put on the imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Jesus' resurrection was the beginning of the new creation. He initiated the new creation. All those who are in Christ are declared to be new creations, but when He returns, we shall become like him. John writes in his uh, in First John. He writes that beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. So the dead will be raised. Paul writes in in verse fifty two. Then they will put on their new resurrection bodies in similar fashion to Jesus' resurrection body. We will be restored to what we originally intended to be before the fall. And then it can be declared, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? When we 
put on the body, the resurrection body that, that Jesus was given when he was raised from the dead. We remember that the disciples, they didn't recognize him. The women at the tomb did not recognize Jesus. He had a new resurrection, a transfigured resurrection body. And even think about the transfiguration, the glory that Jesus had that shone through him on that mountain. And that's what we are heading towards as the believer. Paul wrote elsewhere that our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. And I like what N.T. Wright says, is that the, the way that they would have thought about that is that this, this colony in Philippi, this is a colony of the Roman Empire, thinking about Caesar was, their, was the lord of the, of the empire. And, and so they were waiting for the, their lord to come back, to come and see them in their colony. And what N.G. Wright notes is that for Philippi, for this colony, for these people, their citizenship is most primarily in heaven. And their true king is going to come. He's going to return. And he's going to change them. What does it say? He's going to transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body. By the power that enables him to, even to subject all things to himself. We have this hope in the resurrection. Further, in surprise by hope, N.T. Wright notes... In particular, this new body will be immortal. That is, it will have passed beyond death, not just in the temporal sense, that it, that is, it happens to have gone through a particular moment and event, but also in the sense of no longer being subject to sickness, injury, decay, and death itself. None of these destructive forces will have any power over the new body. Elsewhere, he writes that victory is assured, because that which caused death from the beginning, namely sin, has been dealt with. So what is this all getting at? When we are given our new resurrection bodies, death will be defeated, and we will no longer experience pain and suffering, injury, death, or decay. Only goodness and mercy shall follow us forever. So as Christians, we have a hopeful destiny. We do not have a destiny of despair. We have a destiny of hope. We know who is in control, and we know who is at the right hand of God, raised from the dead. Nobody shall thwart, nothing shall, shall thwart His almighty plans. In the midst of a pandemic to the size that we are in, it is justifiable to have fear. But death is not the end for us, because this world will be made new. The suffering that we experience now is but small compared to the glory that we shall experience in the new heavens and the new earth. We can find joy and peace, and let us cling to it, as we have this wonderful hope. So Paul writes, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, 
knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Remain immovable, my friends, because Christ is risen from the dead. We can be content as we remain steadfast through this time of pandemic, but also through this transitory life as we await the, new, uh, the true creation, the new creation, when heaven and earth meet. We must wait eagerly with the hope for the great Easter that will come when we are all raised triumphant with Christ. The song in Christ alone puts it well. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ, I'll stand. Today we are celebrating a, a somber Easter. We cannot be with many of our loved ones. We cannot be together in worship. But, my friends, our great Easter is coming. Be hopeful for the day of Christ, when we shall be like him, and we shall see him as he is. O death, where is your victory? O death. Where is your sting? Amen.